Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. God bless y'all. Have a seat. So good to see you. Next Sunday, I'm starting our Navigating the Backcountry series. And I really, really hope that uh, you will be invitational and, and uh, invite your friends to that. But I'd like for you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, 8. Today, I'm wrapping up our What's Your Story series. I've had a good time over this uh, series just listening to the stories of various people of city life. Uh, and in their stories, you find life. Uh, you get to know people. You learn life lessons when you hear people's stories. And I just love a good story, don't you? You guys like a good story? Uh, you know, one for you is, is I remember when I was three years old. When I was just a little three-year-old, baby little old child, I clearly remember giving my life to Christ. And, and I recall sitting there with, uh, I, I recall sitting there on the front row of church. Now, I sat next to my mom. And my mom would, you know, my, my mom would make sure that I was always obeying. And, 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 and if I made noise in church or did things of, of an unruly nature, my mother would let me have it. She would give me a little pinch. But, but you see, she, she would. She would just like, she, she wouldn't like smack me or anything, although I deserved it. But, but she would just give me this little pinch, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, I, I, you got my attention. Well, if I didn't respond or if I kept repeating the activity over and over, she would take, and then she would like twist a little bit, like, ow! I mean, I, like I have all these scars on my arm from that. Actually, that's, that's poison ivy, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are going, abuse in church! No, I'll tell you what, my mom made me listen, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I listened. She jolted me, and, and I heard the gospel. I heard my dad sharing the gospel over and over. And I remember uh, one day, you know, after living there in, with my family in Montesano, Washington. Have you guys know where Montesano, Washington is? Okay, see, good, good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's our, nobody knows where that is. It's because nobody, like, it just rains all the time. There rains and rains. Well, I was, I, I remember uh, going into the living room you know, sometime around there. And, and, and I remember going to the living room and my dad was in this big old uh, a wooden rocking chair. And my dad was sitting there and, and I climbed up on his lap and it was right in front of this huge window we had from our living room that looked out over the beautiful green lawn watching the rainfall, which that's all it did there. And no wonder the lawns are green, you know, definitely not Texas. And, and I climbed up on his lap and looking at the rainfall and I, and I asked dad, I said, dad, I would just want Jesus in my heart because I keep hearing about this. I know it's the right thing to do. I want it. But I was trying to understand the physics of how it works. You know, how, do you, how do you get him in? You know, I was just like, I, I don't know how it all works inside. Dad said, hey, just, I'm just going to pray with you. And you're going to invite him in. He comes into your heart. And, 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 uh, and so what I did, my dad led me in a prayer. I don't remember the words of it, but I was somehow repenting of the vile sins of a three-year-old boy, you know. Stealing cookies when you shouldn't be stealing. <laughs> Pretending like you're taking a nap when you're not, or whatever they were. But here's the truth. I really recall clearly a warm feeling coming over me. Tears filled my eyes and I felt great. In fact, my dad talks about it to this day. He said it was just amazing to watch with a three-year-old what happens in an adult when they give their life to Christ. And the truth is I was born again right there in my dad's arms. So. I was saved at the age of three and, and I was baptized in water at the age of six by my dad and filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven. And, and the cool thing is God gave me salvation. He, he gave me new life. He gave me his Holy Spirit to live in me. And therefore, I am obligated 
to respond because of his grace that's in me. See, Paul puts it this way, and this is our scripture for this series, Ephesians 2.8. He says, it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves. And trust me, a three-year-old could not do anything to earn or deserve the grace of God. Now it says, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. And then he says, this is all one thought here. He says, for we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus. That means when, when we are born again, some, there's this new creation in Christ Jesus that takes over us to do good works. So it says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I'm God's handiwork and you are too. And when Christ Jesus came into my life at the age of three, I was then created to do good works, the works of Jesus, the works that God had planned for me to do before I was born and before you were even physically born, God planned works for you to do. They begin to come into reality when you give your life to Christ. As I started that day back in 1968, when I was sitting in my father's lap, something just new came over me because Jesus did something for me. And I committed myself to the work of God at that point. I looked to my dad, I looked to my father, Wayne Woody, as an example of that. And I decided long ago that I just simply wanted to leave a legacy. And through this, I started young. I started investing in anyone who was younger than me. I saw that as an opportunity that was around me at the church. And so I started my first kids' church in my dad's church. And this time we were, uh, we were living in Hastings, Nebraska. But I started my first kids' church when I was 12 years old. Now today, I primarily, I continue this on, but I primarily invest in my sons and I also invest in the next generation of people who surround me. And that's the importance of legacy. My, my, see, my dad invested in me. He taught me the ways of Christ. In fact, I remember longing to be in dad's office when he was studying. He'd always say, no, you have to be quiet. You have to sit on the floor. You can't make noise. And I thought that was so hard because I want to ask him questions when he was studying. But the only way I could be in there when he was studying is to be quiet. But I just wanted to be there. And I would go through his books on his huge bookshelf. And I, 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 I'm sure I opened every single one of them. Right, see, I just wanted what dad had. And what dad did for me is he invested his best wisdom his best traits, his best discipline, and he invested in me, his savior, and did, you know, Jesus. And, and for me, I just want to pass along what dad gave to me. Dad wasn't perfect, but dad was a man of God. You see, perfection and man of God don't equal one another. Even though my dad is 350 miles away from me today out in West Texas, I choose to honor him on this Father's Day, even though he's not hearing my words. And Every one of us, all of us, every person, we're going to leave some type of a legacy. We do. You will leave either a positive legacy or a negative legacy. You will. And here's what's amazing. Here's a, here's a good part of it. You get to choose what kind of legacy you're going to leave. Isn't that awesome? You, you just have to simply use some intention in the way you live your life to work toward the legacy that you desire to leave. And guys, I'm telling you, there's huge opportunity around us to simply intentionally do that, to influence people. See, the work of Christ, when you think about it, it's really, really easy. It's really simple. You invest in people. You help people. You, you let that just flow out of you. That's legacy. 
Someday after you leave this earth, guys, I'm just telling you the truth. People are going to be summarizing your life into one sentence. They will. I've done many funerals. I, I can tell you that is the truth. So why not pick your sentence now? Think about it. Who's going to be at your funeral? What are they going to say at your funeral? They're not going to be talking about how you made a lot of money for your company. They're not going to be talking about your education. They won't. What will people really say about the things of you? Well, it's really the things that you chose to make matter in your life. You've got to make those choices now. For me, I want the life and the vitality of God to simply flood my family and for my sons to carry on my legacy and for them to, to, do, to do it 10 times better than I ever could. And with each of my sons, I begin to even tell them at a, at a young age, I am tired. Before my kids could speak, I would, I would look at my little boys, these little baby boys, and they're just slobbering, and, 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 and I, I, would, I would just look at them in the eyes, and I would repeat to every one of my boys, I said, when you grow up, you're going to be a man of God. Now, that is a life calling that I began to speak over my sons. And guys, I'm just telling you, all of you, it is very simple to speak into a person's destiny. You simply do it. And, and, and no matter what they ever choose to do or whatever they decide to do occupationally or with their career, you know, the truth is they were going to be a man of God. So therefore, I spoke over them and blessed them that they would have the identity of Christ in their life that would supersede any career or occupation that they would have. I would ask them this simple question, what are you going to be when you grow up? And the answer was always a man of God. <laughs> and my, my kids are so accustomed to this. One time Preston, he was about five years old. Uh, I, I asked him a similar question. I think it confused him a little bit. I, I was just wanting him to, to say his name, Preston Woody. I said, who are you? And he goes, I'm a boy of God. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I, I, I just made the choice. I want to be a person of legacy. Now, guys, I base this upon Moses' command to God's people before they entered into their promised land, before they built their homes and settled down. Moses gave them this instruction. It's really good. I think we can use it for our lives. Look at this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your emotions, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. That means get them just not from your head, but into your hearts. Feel them. He said, impress them upon your children. That means, that means to put pressure on the children's brains and hearts so they're going to get it. Like, oh, I don't want to pressure my kids to do anything. That's stupidity. I think I scared some of you there. Do you guys not believe in impressing things on your children? Some of you don't have children, but most of you don't. No, you impress things onto them. Yeah, yeah, it makes me sad sometimes when I, I talk to, to parents and they say, well, we don't, we don't want to pressure our child to go to church or to make a decision for Christ. We want them to just figure it out on their own. Like, I've said this so many times before. It's like, why on earth would you give your child a destiny of hell? Think about it. That's the worst legacy you could ever leave. 
<laughs> See, Christians, believers, no, we impress this on our kids, amen? All right, good, good. All right, impress them on your children. How do you do it? He, now he gives the way to do it. You were worried about what I was gonna say. You thought I was like, I mean, hitting them or something. I don't know what you're thinking out there, but here's how you do it. You, you do it by talking about it. Look at this. Talk with them when you're sitting at home. Talk with them when you're walking down the road in the car. Talk with them when they're lying down. Talk with them when you're getting up. You see, that's how you do it. You impress the things of God on them. In other words, here, guys, this is for everybody. Make the dis discussion about God and his word. Make that truth, make those truths normal conversation in your lives and in your families. Now, this is something that I practice with diligence. I live it in my household. We, I, the bottom line is I live the legacy that I want to leave. And uh, I just want to encourage every one of you guys to be intentional about passing on legacy now. Even if you've never been intentional before, do it now. See, my dad instilled within me uh, a work ethic. Uh, he instilled within me that, that, that church is, is never an option. He instilled in me that God would take me through every trial, that, that I would be committed to one woman all of my life, and that God's word is more precious than any other book I could ever read and around here, uh, one of our values at City Life, we call it the value of legacy. And it's stated this way. And I want you to look at this because this is important to us. At, at, at this church, we, we value, we equip, and we fuel the potential of the next generation. We have a great responsibility to those younger than us. Whatever your age is, someone is younger than you, you have great responsibility toward them. We recognize that there is great potential in the next generation and there's huge opportunity for either good or evil. So we choose to bring out the good. How? By discipling, loving, and relating to those who follow us. And it's very simple. That is the value of legacy. Now, one of the ways that I did this with my sons and with my family was to take each of my boys with me uh, right after their 12th birthday, and, and it would be during the summer, during the month of June, uh, each time that we did this. I would take them on this 10 to 12 day camping trip with the ultimate destination, the remote north rim of the Grand Canyon, 8,300 feet. Any of you guys been to the north rim of the Grand Canyon up there and had a nice chilled time? You can only get in there, yeah, yeah. You can only get in there for four months out of the year because of the snow problems, and it's, uh, you know, you're, it's, there's, the air's pretty thin up there. But, but on that trip, during that whole big camping trip, where we also would, would one of the stops was Palo Duro Canyon in, in West Texas. Now, you guys know, oh yeah, oh, baby Palo Duro, the Grand Canyon of Texas. But, but on that trip, we would talk about growing up. I talked to the boys about the essence of manhood, the responsibilities of manhood. We talked about girls, talked about peer relationships. We talked about temptations and physical changes they would be experiencing. And, and, and that's something that we, we, we had a great time with. And, and the climax of this trip would be taking my sons, each one of them individually, to this private ceremony that I concocted. They didn't even know it was going to happen, but it was overlooking the Grand Canyon, and it's where I spoke a blessing over them, calling them into godly manhood at the age of 12. And I laid my hands on them, giving them my blessing. And uh, that's been something that has been a, 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 a point that I believed my sons would always be able to come back to as an anchor point when they were called into godly manhood. 
Oh, that's just what I did with my sons. And it was an experiment. And so far, it's been okay. <laughs> I think it's been all right. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to introduce now to you my sons. And they're all past 12, but Preston, Devin, and Ian. And I'd love for you guys to come up here and join me on the platform. Come on, boys. Well, it's good to see y'all again today. I know I, I sprung this on you a couple of weeks ago saying that we're going to do this and, and I appreciate you being willing to, willing to make it happen. But boys, you guys have been, you've just been an incredible part of my life and thank you for it. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day. I, I, yeah, I'm into that. I, I like Father's Day. Yeah, I used to, it's like, man, I kind of felt weird when I didn't have any kids. Now it would feel weird to not uh, be celebrating Father's Day. <laughs> uh, Ian, you're my youngest. Uh, 17, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Ian, I know that uh, a lot of people may not see you around here as much because you're usually in the back working with children, right? Yes. Yep. And you've, you're just a fantastic son. I love you. I honor you. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're here, a part of the ministry, and uh, love having you at home, too, because you're a pretty, guy, pretty good guy there as well. I'm a pretty guy. He's too. a pretty guy. He's, He's a, a pretty, pretty guy. guy. Well, look. Sometimes. Yeah, too, too. But Ian, uh, talking about legacy, uh, tell me a story uh, that, could, yeah, could ha that could help people understand the value of legacy and how it works. Okay, yeah. Here, here's a good one. So when I was, I was little, uh, I was probably like six or seven, and uh, I, had a, I had a friend, his name was Quinn. He was probably around four. The most annoying kid in the neighborhood, right? Well, he was my friend, so, okay, you know. So you he know. was annoying to me. <laughs> so his older brother was annoying. <laughs> oh, his brother was more annoying, but we're not going to talk worse. about him. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah, he was worse, yeah. He was scary. Yeah, we'll we, podcast the other service, just yeah, in case yeah. they listen. <laughs> Yeah, so we were, uh, we were hanging out, we were being friends, and I got so mad at him. I cannot remember why I was mad, but I got my ball cap that I was wearing, uh -huh. and just took it off and threw it at him, and it nailed him in the head, and he <laughs> fell over it and started crying, <laughs> and I grabbed my ball oh, cap and laughing. ran inside. Oh my gosh, it scared me so bad. And I was like, oh, you know what? He probably deserved it. And, uh, and so I, I was in there. See, this is how it works. He just, he just raised kids. and yeah, yeah, they, it, they kill the neighborhood kids. Go ahead. So. I didn't kill him. He's just Not dead. Well. Okay, so yeah, I was, I was playing my, my video games. And, and, uh, and then I remember you walked in. And you said, Ian, I got a call from Quinn's mother. Yeah. I was like, oh, good. What did she say? And... Uh, and I had to go over and apologize to Quinn. By yourself. By myself. And, and I was so scared. And uh, I had, I had to, to break down my, the, the walls of pride to, to just go yeah. over there. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I went and I had to apologize. And I saw Quinn at, at, the, at the door and there was a mark on his face where I hit him. And he, like, the wore, that, he like wore that for a couple of weeks. He's like, oh, there's a boy with a stripe on his face. <laughs> no. But it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very terrible. And, uh, and what, what you taught me is that, is that humility breaks the chains of pride. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. And how do you, how do you pass this along? Since legacy is passing along something you've received, how do you pass that along to someone else? Well, I, I pass along the, uh, the, the messages that, that you taught me and you instilled in my life. Mm -hmm. And... I, I preach to the kids, the kids in kids church back there. Yeah. And uh, I teach them everything that you taught me. Uh -huh. And it's it's so it's so amazing just to see the the kids' faces whenever yeah. they hear, ooh, something about Moses or Daniel yeah. or even David. And I 
I just thank you so much for, for teaching awesome. me. Awesome. Well, Father. keep passing that along because that's what legacy is about. Yes, sir. And absolutely, yeah. Preston, going down the line here. Preston's my, my old man son, uh, 24. Old man son. Old man son. Yeah, Preston, Preston's the one who, who you know, Ian was always, the, 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 the brothers always called him the, what'd you call him, the, 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 the chosen, oh, one? chosen oh, one? Oh, Ian was oh, the chosen no, he one. Was the, uh, Miracle child. Miracle, miracle child. child. Yeah, because he was like so perfect. Because he never got in trouble. Never. He was the miracle child. Yeah, because, but then Preston, oh no, 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 no I'm telling you, at, at the age of, it was about maybe when you were four or something, he had this fascination for knives. And, and Preston went into the kitchen and pulled out this, the biggest honking butcher knife we had. He knew right where it was, obviously. He'd been spying it for a long time. And he came walking through. We watched him walk into the kitchen and he played around in there and came back out. And as he was walking back out, my wife and I were sitting in the, in the living room. He came walking back out, just kind of looking at us the whole time with this one arm by his side. And, and then he just, we looked back at him and he said, what, I, I don't have a knife. And they kept going. I said, okay, give the knife to dad. And then he whoosh, has a sword. Good night, son. I had no idea what you were gonna do with that. But uh, you're still alive today. But um, tell us a little bit about legacy and uh, the story of what legacy means to you and how it works in your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do, I do like knives. I mean, this thing is pretty cool. But um, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, by the end of the sermon, people are going to think we're violent. And we're <laughs> I know, deadly with swords yeah, remember and the knives time you and almost, throwing hats. You, you thought you killed the neighbor kid, JT? Did that happen? Did you did that, that happened? Killed him. Uh, you <gasps> thought oh, you killed him. No, yes. yeah, when we thought we killed JT. Yeah, and I thought you did kill him, yeah. yeah well, we, I didn't kill him. No, you set up a trap in the woods. No, that was that was Brendan. That was a younger kid. That was Brendan. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was Brendan. Oh, good. Yeah, oh. JT fell from a tree we were climbing. You pushed him from the tree. I didn't push him. You weren't even you there. You were lucky Get to not hang here. out with us when we were Oh, well, I've heard Brennan. the story. Oh, so. and no. you think that's bad. So they're killing the neighborhood kids. And then, and then, but Devin has to go to the rescue. Devin is, is like the, I mean, Devin's a real Christian of the bunch. I don't know. They were. He is, but, though. But, but Devin was so inspired to, to evangelize. He, he would hold church every day in the neighborhood during the summer. So all the friends, he would get them together and he would do church for them and preach to them. And, and, and we, I just like, hey, yeah. He was so enthusiastic getting his lessons ready and go out and preach to the kids. And, and then we, we had a neighbor come and ring the doorbell again one day. And this was a neighbor that she came in and she said, uh, she said, uh, uh, Tim and Rebecca, I, I just want to let you know that we haven't yet introduced the concept of hell to our children, and your son has already done so, and so we'd prefer he not talk about that stuff anymore. And I was like, Devin, um, what did you say about hell? Well, I just told him that if they didn't give their lives to Christ, they were going to burn in hell forever. Dad, it's true. It's like, yeah, it's Had true. to tell. It's true. It. It's he was true. the kid who got hit on the head, too. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we killed him, too. But, uh, but Preston, uh, boy, growing up around our home, um, Again, talk to me about what impressed your life about legacy. Wow. Well, again, it's it's really and it's an honor to to be here and be to be able to share uh, with you, Dad, and, and with the with the church. Um, and uh, I'll never forget uh, the uh, man trip, the moments of yeah. the the man trip, the drive. It was a, a week and a half drive through uh, really through the country, and we went through Colorado and 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 camped in the mountains and and to uh, to the Grand Canyon. 
And uh, and during the during the drive, Dad would have us listening to these tapes. <laughs> these, you get you remember the tapes? Oh, with the poopity. Did Did you have the same tapes? Yes, I had the same tapes. Okay, so, so the same tapes about. Um, hey, but about, they were effective. All about right. puberty, <laughs> they, there was a guy in there. They were teaching us like uh, purity in life and stuff, and you and and what's going to happen when you turn twelve or thirteen. And the guy would tell us about not puberty, but. You will experience puberty. <laughs> <laughs> so we experienced and puberty. And you've been ever since. Yeah. Dr. James Dobson. All right, yeah. go ahead, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, um, and those moments of conversation, driving, driving in the car, and, yeah. and uh, just kind of having dad to ourself was which, what I liked about it. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll never forget um, one specific evening. We, we had just had some steak and chicken and bacon. And had just a man meal, and we're sitting out by the fire of a, of a campsite somewhere in Cal, uh, Colorado. And and um, and I remember sitting there by the fire, and it was late into the evening, just having what felt like hours of yeah. conversation, endless conversation about life. And Dad, um, Dad, kind of posed the question of. Um, as talking about manhood, like who are you going to be? What what type of man are you going to be? And yeah. He said, "Decide right now." And I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm 12 years old, <laughs> and uh, and in that moment, I began to really uh, uh, convict and 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 convince myself of who I'm going to be the rest of my life, and write that down and uh, kind of declare that. Yeah. And um, yeah. and and what's interesting is is uh, since then, um, I'm pretty much those things I wrote down. I'm the same man that I declared I was going to be when I was 12 years old. Yeah. What's interesting enough, which was 12 years ago, um, which is to say a lot of that, a lot of, you know, people today, most are in their twenties and thirties and don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, and what I've learned from that experience and what you've taught me is to choose who you're going to be or the world will choose for you. That's the truth. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of people are just, who the world has told them they should be and they're shaped by their world because they haven't chose who they're going to be. And I, I, I'm so grateful that you instilled that in me and, and let me choose to be uh, a man of God. And now that it's in you, how do you perpetuate that? Wow, and it's, that's a good question. It's really my heart and my passion to, uh, for those around and about me and even especially those younger than me to um, define and find who they are. Yeah. Like in our generation, if you, I mean, if I took a poll, most and if people were honest, people don't really know who they are. Mm -hmm. Who are you? I yeah. can't answer that. I can tell you what I do for a living, but that's my that's my heart. Is Good. even from the uh, the preschool kid and the elementary age uh, child to instill in um, we, like in our systems, we're we're working on declaring who the kids are, and that way, when they get out into the world, they'll be unshakable. Yes, um, at a young age. So that's that's what I'm passionate about. So. Devin, Devin, my, my second son, um, you arrived early in the middle of the night. Rebecca wakes up. She goes, I think my water broke. It's like, you think? What do you mean you think? You think? And we were, so we're having a baby. So we took off to the hospital after I stopped with her in the car at the grocery store to get myself some snacks because I didn't want to be there. That's why I love snacks. Yes, now. yes, yes, yes. But I was very nice to Rebecca all, you know, I really was. But, uh, but Devin, I, I, one of the things I liked, I remember about you, Devin, Devin I, he's the kind of guy I would just, I would take him anywhere around the world, just, you know, just companionship, you know, he, he just emanates that. And, and, uh, and so 
I started having him travel with me internationally when he was like, I think about five years old. And the first, the first trip, I think it was probably the first international trip, I, uh, I took you to Mexico. And this is, this is just a few months after September 11th in 2001, okay? Took it with me to Mexico, and uh, we're going down there to look at a missions work. It was just a, a two-day trip. Well, we're, we're, we're going down there, and, 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 but before we go down there, I said, Devin, pack your backpack full of a, you know, the things that you would like to take with you on your trip. Now, I'm just thinking he's going to pack good things, just, just nice things. Well, we lived in Missouri at the time, and please understand, Missouri culture is a fireworks culture. I swear, they have everything that's illegal in Texas that's there. I mean, you want some good fireworks for 4th of July? Go to Missouri, get them, bring them back, except you're not supposed to take them over the state line. Law number one that he broke because he packed the backpack full. I would, I would say three quarters of what he put in there were, were explosives. I mean, we're gunpowder, fireworks, boom, when did you When did you find the explosives? Well, on the way back, through security, through security, boom, boom, through plane security, through international border security. All, on the last leg of the flight back, where the flight, a flight attendant was sitting right next to me and Devin was on the other side and I was in the middle. And he goes, Daddy, I want that, that ring the missionary gave me. It's in my backpack. And I'm reaching in there, fishing. And I thought, man, what is, there's so much. I just grabbed a big handful. I said, what do you have in here? And pulled it out. And I just pulled it out. I'm telling you guys, the, the, the biggest firecrackers, bottle rocket, big bottle rockets, the kind from Missouri, everything. I, I just went, oh, 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 I put them back what in there. What did you do this? Still to this day, I have no idea how they didn't find it but I you just you never okay in my mind I'm thinking like you know we we're gonna be out in the country you know it's Mexico right we'll have lots of land to just have fun have a father and son time <laughs> do some fireworks and so when he pulls it out and he's freaking out I can't comprehend what he's upset about I'm just like what, what do you mean like I <laughs> I, this was for us, Dad. <laughs> and the flight attendant walks by. Uh, I don't have fireworks. <laughs> I couldn't speak the rest of that flight. And we'll, there was one next to me. And I was just praying, God, help her to not see. Oh, God, God, get me off this plane <laughs> without my name in the papers. But, yeah. David, legacy, talk to us about what that means to you. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the best uh, memories of my entire life was when I, my dad took me on my man trip when I was 12. Mm. And uh, learned about puberty. And um, we went into the Grand Canyon, did all sorts of crazy hikes, uh, sweaty, and ate lots of good food. But uh, it was after uh, one, yeah, it was after one uh, major hike that we went on, and I was tired. And uh, it was, you know, the sun was coming down a little bit. And we drove up to this really high peak in the canyon. And we uh, went off the road, like we just like to do that. And um, we went over to this little tree. And uh, this tree, all around the tree, there was like lightning strikes. Because in the canyon, there's all sorts of storms that happen just randomly. And um, there are stories where people get killed by lightning strikes all the time. But um, this tree was like preserved there, like no lightning had ever hit it. And it was almost as if, you know, that spot was preserved by God for this moment. And so we went over next to it. And was, was that the carving tree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, previously, Preston had carved his name into that tree. And my dad put his name in there, yeah. and then I did the same. And so that tree was, it was still there. And he went over there, and he, uh, he prayed the special prayer over my life. And it was, it was so amazing because in that moment, I was like, man, like, I have such a good relationship with my dad. And I felt God in that moment, like never before. And just being there in the canyon, seeing everything, it was overwhelming. And... You know, one thing that it 
really showed me was that, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today because of my dad. And, you know, it, for me, it shows me that, you know, when we go through life, we're not, we weren't designed to go through life alone. Yeah. Because when we're alone, we fail. Yeah. And, but when we have relationship, we can prevail. Yep. And so, and that's one thing that I really want to, you know, teach the next generation. And I'll work hard to teach our teenagers that, you know, be in community, be in fellowship with each other, because when we're together and unified, nothing can stop us. Wow. And yeah. we can grow together and do extraordinary things for God. Guys, this is, how, this is how legacy works. This is an object lesson. That's all it is. It's just a simple way of showing how a man has invested in his sons, and his sons continue to do that. But this can happen anywhere and everywhere. I want to continue this, but this is, yeah, this is a logic lesson, but this is truth here, too. I wonder, guys, I was reading... Um, in my Bible reading this last week, I came up across Proverbs 3, and it just spoke to me, and I just felt God prompted me to share this on Sunday and speak this to you guys. And so I'm going to, but I'm going to speak it to you and, and to them, to everyone. And guys, listen to this. As I share these words, I want you to take them into your heart. I want you to receive this. These are the words that Solomon gave to his sons. He said, my sons, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your hearts and they will prolong your life for many years and they will bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. When you do this, love and faithfulness will cause you to win favor with God and you'll have a good name with people as well. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, pathways, highways of life, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Hate evil. What this will do for you is it'll actually bring health to your body and nourishment even to your bones. Sons, honor God with your wealth and with the first fruit of your crops. Do not despise the Lord's discipline, my sons. Never resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines the sons that he loves. In the same way that a father disciplines the sons that he delights in. I'm going to pause there for a second. Because a lot of, one thing that you'll come across as you continue to serve God is you'll find other, sometimes other men don't ever want to receive any. You may have a relationship with them or even a mentoring relationship, but they don't want to receive what you're pouring into them or saying. And I, I've had that happen, guys. I just want to tell you, as a pastor, I've had to, I've many times I've had to tell a young man, it's like, I'm sorry, you can't be divorcing your wife. You, you, don't, you don't need to be sleeping with that girl. And they, run, they get angry and they run away. And, uh, and they feel like they're hurt, but they don't understand. Those were kind words, not, never harsh, but kind words to help them. You'll experience that sometimes, but you have to understand that a lot of those guys probably never really had a dad who showed them love. In some cases, you may have to be that for them. So you don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't resent the Lord's rebuke. The Lord disciplines the sons that he loves in the same way that a father disciplines the sons that he delights in. My sons, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight preserve sound judgment and discretion, and there will be life for you, and that will be like an ornament around your neck. 
And you will then be able to go your way in safety. Your foot, you're not going to stumble. When you lie down, you're not going to be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So sons, do the great commission of Christ. Win souls for him. Disciple people for Jesus. Pass along whatever God has put into your heart and others. Pass this along to your children and your grandchildren and anyone who's around you who's willing to receive it. Amen? All right, love Amen. you, boys. God bless love you. Happy Father's yeah. Day. Happy thanks, Father's thanks. Day. Thanks, thanks. You know, sharing that, um, just makes me glad for what I'm able to give away. And, uh, and guys, I just want to tell you, I'm not a materially wealthy man, but I'm a very, very wealthy man. See, these men are, are they're, they're treasures for me. And they are an offering to God as you are as well. Guys, everyone in here, y- y'all are a treasure to me. Jesus put it this way. He said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. For wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And my heart, guys, it's with people. I want to get as many people into heaven as possible. I want to pass along legacy, and I want that to be yours as well. I want you to pass along a little bit of what God has deposited in you. And for some of you, you need to break a negative legacy that is in your family line today. Others of you, you also need to dump gasoline, dump fuel on any positive legacy from your family line as well. Because remember this, legacy is not about passing along a bank account. I'm all into financial planning. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. But when people attach the word legacy to that, no, because money is gone in an instant. See, legacy is passing along who you are and your best traits to someone else. I, I'm telling you guys, do legacy at home. Do legacy at church. Serve anyone who's younger than you. Do legacy in life at every turn. You see, Jesus gave you eternity. So take his legacy and pass it along to others. Please, no movement at this time. Leaders, I want you to pray. This is the most important part of today right now. Will you please, everyone, close your eyes and focus internally for just a moment. And if you want to know this Jesus that I talk about, you want a clean slate, you want to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to simply lift your hand because faith is when we respond outwardly to what God is doing inwardly. Hey, God loves you so much. Jesus died for you so that you can have life and everything can change today. Would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ today. Just please lift your hand for me and I'll connect with your eyes and I'll pray with you today. Lift your hand for me. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ today. Thank you. I want everybody to stand, please. Everyone, please stand. And if you're 
If you raised your hand, listen to me. I want you along with everybody else, all the believers in this room to pray these words with me. Come on, let's all pray these words together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to receive all of your grace. And in return, I choose to be a person of legacy. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to do your good works that you planned for me since before I was born. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, I want you just to look up in here one last time. I want you to go out of here today with a different attitude toward. You see someone younger than you, there's maybe someone in your family, someone around you that you can begin to inspire for legacy. Do it now, begin to act on it now. Take this opportunity right now to do great things for Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.